0: We again, to say the scriptures together. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I titled this this message, Give Them Something. Give Them Something. I want you to know this morning that God is way ahead of you with regards to your concern. For what's best for you in this current world, in this life? God's way ahead of you concerning your needs. He's seen them way before you got to know about them. And he's concerned about it. God loves you dearly. In fact, I felt the Spirit of God wanting me to say this to you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how much feeling you think you've been through, God wants me to let you know this money, that He loves you. He loves you dearly. God loves you and wants to take care of you. If you think you are concerned about what's going on in your life, God is even more concerned than you are. If you're going through pain in your life, and you're wondering and thinking, I'm alone. Where can I find help? God's saying, give me a little chance. I saw it. Before it got to you, I can do something about it. Just trust me. Just come to me. God sees your needs. Before you get to experience them. And he was already doing something about your needs. Before they got to you. You can see this all through the scriptures. Let me give you an example. From the life of Joseph. God knew there was going to be a famine Long before it happened. And prepared Joseph while Joseph was a boy. So that Joseph could preserve his family. Joseph had to go through a lot of difficult times. But God knew if Joseph didn't go through this path, his family would be gone. The nation of Israel would be gone. So God prepared Joseph and gave him a dream which he didn't fully understand. But God worked his dream through to protect the family. God prepared. Joseph said, you meant it for evil. But God was really looking out for you. You didn't realize it. You you were doing something wrong, but God took from what you did wrong and blessed you. That's how gracious our God is, and that's how good He is. He's always looking out for you. No matter how bad you feel about yourself, He doesn't feel as bad as you think He feels. So, when we say God loves you, say, well, if he, if he really knows everything that I've been through and what I'm doing, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. But I want you to know He truly loves you in spite of what's happening in your life. No matter how much you think you've disappointed Him, He sees you the way He wants you to be. And you can be that. Amen. God says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. Before you were formed, God already knew you. Before you became a person, He knew you. And God called Cyrus by name even before Cyrus appeared on the earth. Even before his parents knew they were going to have a baby. And God recorded that in the scripture to let you know he is the same God and he loves you just like he loved them. He knows everything about you. You were made in his image and he loves you dearly. He said before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. It says, I also set you apart. I sanctified you. Set you apart. And ordained you. Everyone is not sanctified or set apart to be a a pastor. But God knew you every single individual. Even the number of hair you have on your head. God knows. And I don't have too much these days. But God's so careful about everything that's happening in your life. He's just saying, just let me draw a little closer. To reveal myself to you. And so that you can know his plan for your life. God has a good plan for your life. This message is centered around a story that really hit me hard. Uh, And and, and this is one a miracle that Jesus did that's recorded in all of the Gospels. So the Holy Spirit really wanted us to know about this miracle that Jesus did. All of the Gospels. John recorded his, his miracles, just a few. Matthew, Mark. Look, they have their different ones, but and they pick different ones according to what the Holy Spirit. But this particular one, the Holy Spirit really wanted everybody to know about it. You know what that miracle is? The multiplying of bread. You know what that means? God can take care of every need you got. That's what it is. The Holy Spirit wanted every gospel writer to put that in there. To know that God can take care of your needs. No matter what needs you have, God can take care of your needs. So every one of them had to record this miracle that God did to let us know that God is able to take care of you and to take care of your needs. No matter what they are. You know, if you read in Mark, I believe in Mark chapter 6, that's where it's recorded Mark started saying, the disciples came back and Jesus said, you know, you guys have been so busy. We need a place to rest. Let's go to a deserted place and get away from the multitude so that you can have some rest. And, and they took off. They went in a boat and they took off to go to this deserted place to be alone with Jesus so that they could rest a little bit. But the word got out. They saw them going in the boat, and the people said, we'll run over that boat slow. We'll go. They, ran across, they ran all over the place until they got there first, and they were waiting for them to come in. You think you can get away from us? We're coming after you, Jesus. You're going nowhere. They got there before they got from the boat. They were waiting for him. A multitude of people. And he said, when Jesus came out from the boat, he saw them, the multitudes. And in uh, Matthew chapter 14, he said he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. He felt something for them. One of the gospel writers said, they were like sheep without a shepherd. Nobody to guide them. But John, Matthew said he felt compassion for them. And then he just started to heal their sick. If you were sick and you were, you showed up with that multitude, you got well. There is no question of what kind of sickness do you have. Is this cancer? Let's analyze it. Is it your back that's paining you, your liver, or the doctor said you're gonna die? If you got sick, if you were sick and you were among that multitude, you went home healed. He healed all of them because he felt compassion for them. He put away his rest. To take care of their needs. Amen. God, Jesus will put away everything to take care of your need. That's why we worship him. That's why I'm grateful to God every day. God, I don't know why you love me so much. I am thankful that I'm a part of your family. You even care for those that don't love you. You take care of them. When they call out, even though they don't know you, you do something for them. They are not even aware that you are protecting their lives. And yet, you're good to them. And now, I am a member of your family. How beautiful. So he said, he took care of them. He healed their sick. But when you go to Mark, Mark said, when he saw the multitude, he was filled with compassion. And he began to teach them many things. Principles of life. Something to live by. Something that will lift up your life. He had compassion on them. And so he began to teach them. You can give a man a fish to eat. But teach him to fish. And he'll be making it in life. So he said he had compassion on them. And he began to teach them many things. But then when you go to look. Luke tells the same story. But he had compassion. When he saw the multitude, he had compassion on them. And then he taught them, but he also healed them. Amen. So they were all together. Matthew was focusing more on the healing. Mark was focusing on the teaching. But Luke tells us, he healed them, he taught them, and he healed them. He was meeting their knees. But then John recorded the same miracle, feeding the people. Because after he taught them, he fed them. But then in John, what we see is this multitude had been with Jesus. We don't know how long. They were not riding on uh, Bentleys and, and Toyotas. They walked to that place, swearing, and they'd been watching him healing people all day. It was amazing. They were not feeling hungry. Have you thought about that? Nobody was asking about food. They were absorbed by what they were seeing. What God was doing. Even though they were not thinking about their belly, and all they wanted was the word of God, and to observe God's miracles, Jesus was thinking about their need. Jesus said to Philip, where can we buy bread? Where can we find bread to feed them? They were not asking for food. But he was already thinking about their needs. That's what the message is all about. God thinks about your needs even before you get there. Even before you think about it, he's already thinking about them. No matter what the need is, God sees those needs before you get there. In Matthew chapter 14, it says, When it was evening, the disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. So they were concerned for them, but I believe Jesus had probably told them, and you know, this is the way I see scripture. If you read in Isaiah chapter 6, Uh, Isaiah finally heard uh, God saying, Who shall I send? After his man. I'm sure Jesus was already talking to them about feeding them. But now they were concerned about, Just send the people away. And Jesus said, No, you give them something to eat. I'll take care of them. And that's exactly what we did. What he did. And I believe that God is saying to us believers today, You, Give them something to eat. Amen. Every one of us. You give them something to eat. We need to be aware of that. He is concerned for them. We are not on television because we just want to be on television. No, we want to, read, we want to give them something. Amen. We want to have compassion on them. We want to teach them many things. We also want to bring. We want to also bring them healing. We got testimonies coming from the television ministries. I believe we had a bunch of them, of several people that have been healed of all kinds of sickness. We want to reach out to them. You give them something to eat. There is spiritual food and there is natural food. God says do both. Take care of them. The whole man. He says God wants the whole man taken care of. God wants to take care of everything concerning your life. If you will just turn your life over to him, he can take over your life. And make sure that you prosper in your soul and you prosper naturally in the natural world. He wants you completely whole. Many times you read in the scriptures, Jesus says to the one who is healed, go your way and be whole. That's every area of your life, you are full with God's glory and God's presence in your life. That's what God came to do for us. God knows your needs. Let me show you this scripture here. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 to 32. It says, therefore do not worry. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> don't worry. I just got some mail that's telling me to worry. When you open the mail, you were not worrying before. But as soon as you read through a few lines, guess what? Fear grips. But Jesus said, don't Worry. Don't worry. Do not worry saying, what shall I eat? Or what shall I drink? Or what shall I wear? Don't worry about these things. And I'm not sure he he said these are the basics. But he can go further than that. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. That's what God tells us. If you are going to be anxious, then don't pray. If you're feeling worried, then cast your care upon Him. He'll take care of us. So He tells us, do not worry about what to eat. He's not telling you, don't even worry about it, don't think about it, don't even look for something to eat. Now you can starve. You'll go to heaven. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying don't look for something to wear. He's saying it will be taken care of. That's what God would say. He says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. They are going after those things. But I don't want you to go after those things. He says, your heavenly father knows that you need these things. Your heavenly father, he already knows what you need. He knows what your needs are. God is, we're not going to say, well, God knows and he's not going to do anything about it. He's saying, God knows and he's already doing something about it. That's what I believe he's saying. What good is it? Well, I know about it. That's not going to change the situation. But what Jesus is saying, your heavenly father knows you need it and he's doing something about it. Just like we saw in the scriptures where he fed the 5,000 men. He already knew their needs and he was doing something about it. He says, bring those bread and I'll multiply, I'll take care of the people. So he knows what you need. And he's going to take care of you. And so he invites you to himself. God's inviting you this morning to himself. What's bothering you? What's your pain? What's troubling your mind? What disappointments do you have in your life? Can you bring that to God today? Will He welcome you? One of the scriptures says, I believe it was Luke. He said, He saw the multitudes when they came in and He received them. He received them when they came to him and had compassion for them. What's hurting you? Jesus said, come. Come to me. I can do something about it. Come to me, all you who labor. You are carrying a heavy load. Come, come, come. How is your load? He meant everything he said. And he wants to do it this morning. Many times we are thinking, okay, I I know God can do it. We're not going, God can do it. I'm saying God wants to do it right now. How many people believe God can do it today? How many believe? The Bible says, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. So no matter what you're going, it's all by faith. If you can trust God today with that thing, he'll take care of it. Right here, this morning, God started to do the job work. He is God. There is nothing that's impossible with him. Don't think on it. That's what he meant. Don't worry. But trust God. Don't worry. The enemy will want you to focus on it and to worry about it. As you worry about it, that thing gets bigger in your mind. And it seems that there is no way out. But God kept you till this day and he will keep you till the end. And so Jesus is saying, you can come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Jesus will give you rest today and take care of your trouble. No matter what that trouble is, he's inviting us to come to him. He will take care of your trouble. Jesus said in his word, that's in John ten ten, the thief does not come except to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So if there is any destruction going on in your family, guess who is responsible for it? The thief. Better go buy a shotgun, waiting for the thief. No kidding. <laughs> But your shotgun is the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen? The name of Jesus. It's a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run in How many righteous do we have here today? The righteous run into it and they are safe. They are safe. Come to me. This thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But then Jesus told or gave us his mission statement. What he came to do. He said, I have come that they may have life. And have that life more abundantly. And he didn't lie to us. Amen. He told us the truth. You can say now, well, I don't feel like I'm experiencing any abundant life. Well, that's your problem now. <laughs> God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is Son of Man that he should repent or go back on his word. If God has said something, that's God declaring. If I say something, I'll do it. I'm not a man who says, you know, I promised you a thousand dollars, but I didn't realize that there was something coming in the mail. I can't help you. Uh, 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 Come back two months from now. God's not going to speak that way. He has all the resources. And so God says, look, I'm not like you, man. You know, you can uh, go back and forth. I'm not a man. I don't lie. I have all the power. I can do it. If I say it, I'll do it. If I've spoken, I'll make it good. God, make it good. And God will make it good in your life this very morning. We got to believe it. If you believe it, say with me, amen. amen. Because God can do it not. He says with God, nothing shall be impossible. There is nothing that's impossible with God. All He's asking, He's not asking you to run around the field seven times and come back. All He's asking you to do is just Believe. Is it that hard to believe? Is it that difficult to believe? Just believe. We're talking about God. How difficult could it be to trust Him? He says, just believe. And your belief infuses power into your situation. And breaks that bondage. So that you are totally free. And you can serve God in freedom. Just like Zachariah prophesied. After John the Baptist was born he said you've granted to us so that we being free from all our enemies we can serve God freely so we can serve him God has made us a lot of promises that he's actually looked after for us and I'm going to stop here because of time but I'm going to say this to you The greatest destroyer of destiny, sin. The greatest destroyer of destiny is sin. Every one of us has a destiny from God. God says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, He says, I know the plans I have for you. His destiny for you is great. Let's go to that scripture, please. Jeremiah 29. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, that's every one of you that he formed in the womb and knew you before he formed you, every single one of you that's looking at me this morning, he knew you before you were born. That God that created all the universe, You were special when he was forming you. Just like he did Adam when he formed Adam. He knew you and still knows you and knows everything about you. The good and the bad and still have that great love that cannot... We don't have words to describe his love for you. God says... I know the plans I have for you. So that says he has a plan for you. Have you discovered the plan? (coughs) Excuse me. If man has a plan for you, it's going to be a man-sized plan, right? Right? If man has a plan for you, he's going to give you a plan. That he has power to control. A man-sized plan. We're talking about God's plan for you. That's a God-sized plan. You are thinking like a man. And you are planning like a man. God says, let's graduate. Come to my God-sized plan for your life. The things that when people see it, they can't understand what's going on here. That's what God wants to do for you. He says, I know my plan. God says, I'm not confused about the plan I have for you. I know the plan I have for you. Say it to yourself. God has a plan for my life. Say it. Say it like you mean it. Don't get too religious on me. Say it. God has a plan for my life. And it's a God-sized plan. Say it. It's a God-sized plan. I want to know it. Amen. It's a God-sized plan. You are a prince and a king according to the word of God. The problem with us is the destroyer of destiny. The greatest of it is sin. And there's one that is his uh, twin brother. It's called sickness. Because God can give you every plan and Satan gets you sick and puts you in bed and you can't go out, can't go to work. Your destiny is gone. The reason I mention that is to let you know God saw way ahead that that's going to destroy your destiny. And he took care of those problems. It took care of those problems so that you can make it in life. You have no enemies anywhere. The ignorance of what God has made provided for you, that's your greatest enemy. Every man's enemy, the greatest enemy, is your ignorance. Because the Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So today is a day of freedom. Amen? Especially for those who are feeling a little down and depressed. God wants to set you free today. And after we've taken our offering, we do things this way because we have a purpose for it. We take our offering at the end of the message. But if you are feeling depressed, I need you to come out. Today is the day of it. That's the end of it. Uh, whatever it is, God going to take, God, God's going to take that away from you. Amen? Amen? What we need to do is, God cannot walk in a person's life until you give him permission to do so. God doesn't force himself on anybody. Jesus died for the world. He died on the cross. How many know he has all the power? But the whole world is not saved. Because God will not mess with your will. He can't come into your life and do anything. Even though he wants to help you. Until you give him permission. And I saw that in Revelation. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. Until you open, God cannot come in. You locked him out. Maybe because you're feeling bad. But the one who can help you to feel good is outside wanting to come in. And you still had the door shut. He doesn't condemn you. He knows everything and still loves you and died for you. Why don't you give him a chance today and invite him into your life? Openly say, Jesus, I want you in here. I've made a mess of my life. But you can help me. I know you love me. Please come in. That's what we want to do today. All heads bowed this morning and all eyes closed. Nobody looking around. Please be reverent to the Lord because he is here with us. He said in his word, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So please be reverent before him today. If you're here today and you made a commitment to Christ before But you know everything is not well between you and God. But you want to get to know Him. You want Him in your life. I stand here today as His servant. And I'm going to tell you that if you let Him in today, this will be the beginning of great things that God will begin to do in your life. At the count of three, please raise your hand. If you haven't accepted Christ, you haven't invited him into your life, that's the invitation. You open the door and invite him in. He won't come in until you invite him in. But if you want him in your life, if you've lived with him before, you've been in your life before, but things are not going well, now you want to come back, you want all of him, he wants to come in today and he'll forgive every wrong that you've done up till this very day and forever. But if you haven't accepted him, this is your chance. It's a wonderful thing to have Jesus in your life. At the count of three, why don't you raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you and God will answer your prayer and your things will begin to change in your life. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stay with me, every one of you, I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God sees the hand also. Thank you for being sincere with your God. And he will minister to you and make everything new in your life. Everyone pray with me this morning. Especially those that raise their hands. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you know there was a desire. I should have raised my hand. The enemy probably told you, you don't want to do that. That's what he says. He likes to do that. Did God say, you don't want to do that. But in some way in your heart, you felt like I should have done that. Well, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And God's going to hear you. Pray it from your heart. Everybody join with me as we pray. Say with me. God, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I ask you today to forgive me my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Make me a new person. Change my heart. Give me the power to live for you. Thank you, Lord. Write my name. In your book of life, I want to live with God when this life is over. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, God heard you today, and I believe your sins are forgiven. I can really tell you, because Jesus told me to do that. If you meant that prayer from your heart, I, let, I want to let you know your sins are forgiven. No matter what you've done, they have been forgiven according to the Word of God. What I need you to do then is, in a connection card, there's a a portion of it that says, my decision today. When you write on this, it's recorded in heaven. Because God knows, that's like signing your name on something. I am, I'm making this decision for God. If the devil troubles you, you say maybe you, I don't think you're saved. Tell him, you see that card? I checked it there. Remember? That will put him away from your life. Amen? Some man actually carved the day on a tree to remind the devil. Amen? So what I want you to do is check that and put it in the...